right. Good to see you, boys. How are we, lads? Good, thank you. Good to see you guys again. How you going, Mick? Going well, mate. Going well. Nice and relaxed over here. Oh, of course. Uh, happy, to be, happy to be back for another week. <laughs> you feeling a bit lighter? <laughs> Definitely feeling a bit lighter. Mm, that's for sure. That's good. Good. How'd your big race go the other week, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, probably surprised myself a little bit. I, I didn't know what to expect and, um, yeah, headed out. It was a pretty brutal day. Um, we the the humidity and the temperatures um, lifting over here now, um, being in September. But um, yeah, threw myself in there, managed to come away with a with a second place overall. So it was a good day out. Podium nice. finish, well done, nice, mate. Well, well done. Job. Not bad yeah, for an old fella, good. hey. Yeah. Hanging and in there, Jonesy. Hanging yeah. in there. And the good whole work, run mate. done barefoot and breathing through the nose. <laughs> no, not quite. I wouldn't have been. Uh, the trail over here is uh, it, it's 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 a gnarly trail. There's um, you know, it, it, it's it's fire trail for the first sort of eight to nine k's, and then it's rock hopping and all sorts of stuff for the nice. for the majority. So um, I uh, yeah had, had had me runners on for this one, but um, yeah, no, it was a good yeah. day out. Yeah, cool. Any, well, we're going to talk about supplements today. Last podcast was about medical testing and those kind of things. So supplementation leads into that, I suppose. You know, I, I would assume you would get your blood tests done and then if there was any deficiencies, you would supplement. Obviously, we're not suggesting that we can supplement your way out of a bad diet. You want to have a good, healthy diet. And then obviously supplementations just as the word suggests, um, mm. a supplement in a, in addition to, you know, optimizing a what is a healthy diet. So yeah. Interesting. Uh did you supplement at all, Mick, while you were training? Um, I did, and that's probably a good a good one to look into because um probably one of the most underutilized supplement supplements on the planet is is magnesium. Um, and so, uh, it's something that, you know, for many years now, uh, I, I've, it's a supplement that I've utilized sort of to assist my body in, in recovering from training. And also when I get restless legs and all that sort of thing, it helps me get to sleep uh, a lot easier in the evenings. So I was, I was just very conscious. I probably doubled the amount of magnesium I was taking. Um, and then the other, the other sort of thing, which I think we spoke about before in terms of the immune system, uh, interestingly, my, I really, really struggled with this program in terms of the number of times I, I found myself on the edge of getting sick. And I remember you bringing that up with me probably about five, six weeks ago, Jonesy, on another podcast. And Ironically, after we sort of spoke about that, I headed into sort of the heavy phase of training. So I really had to up my vitamin C. Uh, a lot of those sort of immune-boosting supplements through that period, I, I had to had to double my intake just to sort of keep my immune system uh, on top of, of, of sort of getting those little colds and, and things like that that we tend to get a lot more through the winter. So yeah, magnesium, vitamin C, very, very conscious of those two things in particular. I reckon supplementations um, 
a thing worthwhile considering for anyone who's interested in their health and fitness because there I, I, I sort of put my supplementation into different categories um, I supplement for immunity immunity uh, I supplement for my muscle development and uh, maintenance I supplement for um, my nervous system uh, probably looking further down the track as I get an older person uh, more, more cognitive sort of um, supplementation and I supplement for my sleep so I, I sort of think that anyone's considering supplementation is um, think about what you want to supplement for and we'll obviously go through what we sort of supplement do you, uh, do you think like we talked about our medical and blood tests last time do you think that you need to have some quantification of of the things that you're deficient in definitely I mean, you talk about if you look at, you know, your diet, everyone has the best intentions and has or tries to have a healthy diet, eats the best they can, uh, but do we do we get everything we need from our diet? Yeah, that's that's the interesting one, isn't yeah. it? Because there's a lot of people that say if you eat well, you don't need to supplement. That's right, yeah. And it's an interesting uh, argument, but I think – the food that we eat today versus the food that we might have eaten a couple of generations ago, we've proven now it, can, it contains less nutrients. There are less vitamins, minerals, etc., cetera, uh, in our food. And Mickey was talking about magnesium, which is a perfect example. Our soils now are so deficient in magnesium and our requirement for magnesium is, is quite high if you want to sort of have optimal wellness that there's a really good argument that, yeah, you need to supplement with magnesium mm-hmm. in order to, you know, maintain a really healthy level. So you, while once we might have got it from food, now possibly we don't. And then you can further put on top of that the fact that now we live in a really, like, quite a toxic world. Yeah. Um, unless you are literally living out in the middle of the forest drinking pure water and, you know, growing your own food, everyone has a level of toxicity that now we're dealing with where we didn't maybe have that three, four, five generations ago or, or to a much lesser extent. So uh, I've sort of been down the rabbit hole with supplementation a little bit and I went through a phase where I thought, well, you don't need to supplement to be well, but I actually believe now you probably do to some extent if you want to deal with all the burdens that sort of modern life uh, gives to you and you take into account um, the nutrient content of our food. So mm. I guess we're overly, overly intensively farming practices. We're depleting the soil of a lot of the vitamins. Yeah, we're just minerals, turning over nutrients. the same patch of soil all the time, aren't we? And you yeah. look at what most conventional farmers are putting on it, and it's a very narrow range of things which will stimulate growth, but they're not replacing all those minerals and yeah, um, other other well, sort the of food compounds. The fruit and veg that we're getting these these days is studies have shown it's not as nutrient dense as it was no, yeah. fifty years ago. Not at all. I think Smitty's hit the nail on the head there. Those two factors is the nutrient density of our food, modern food, uh, and and. And also the uh, the pollutants and toxins that we absorbed, we absorb in modern life, mm. and I think those two reasons alone uh, stand supplementation in a good good stead, you know, uh, for your health and and well being. And you know, talking about toxins and and that sort of thing, I mean, two of my supplements that I take are chlorella and spirulina, uh, mm. one of them in the evening and one of them at night, and I think I got. Those two suggestions from, I think it was Dr. Rhonda Patrick from an old Ben Greenfield podcast years and years ago. And I've been taking those supplements for, I reckon, five years. Um, and the purpose of that is they act as a good antioxidant, uh, removing heavy metals from my system, uh, removing dead protein cells, 
Uh, and I have not had and, and boosting immunity as well. And I reckon in five or six years, I reckon I've, I don't reckon I've had a flu. I got COVID, uh, but you know that's a bit of a different man-made biological made virus than a natural one. Uh, but I don't reckon I've had a cold or a sniffle uh, during the time since I started this uh, this protocol of of spirulina and, and chlorella. And I've also passed it on to my mum, and she's also noticed definite benefits in her immune health, uh, whereas she's getting less colds and flus and stuff like that. So little things like that, um, you know, can help remove toxins and things like that. And, and that's one that I've, I vouch for. So you definitely felt, obviously taking it for five years, you felt it's it's done something or something, it's, it's done what it's intended to do? Definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, the benefits of, of uh, chlorella, for example, um, and anyone that doesn't know chlorella, it's a, it's a combination of, of um, single-celled green algae, uh, hence the greenish colour. They're rich in proteins, uh, vitamins and minerals, fibre, antioxidants, and the benefits they provide. And, and spirulina is also a very similar uh, product. Um, that's a, a dark blue-green algae, and it's made of different species of, of bacteria that obtain their energy through photosynthesis. So again, a plant-based sort of, hence the green colour, Spirulina is very high in chlor- chlorophyll, um, carotenoids, beta carotene, potassium, and things like that. So, the benefits of of those include, you know, boosting your antibody counts, um, detoxification of heavy metals, and things like that. Um, and I reckon they've definitely, definitely helped. What form do they come in, uh, Rude? Do they come in a capsule form? Do they come in a powder? How are you taking those? They, they can. You can get them in a powder form, and a lot of people put them in smoothies and stuff like that. I have them in a, a capsule form, just a, a hard, uh, hard tablet, um, without that little sort of you know, the, you know the, what's the little plastic ta- capsules you get? You know the ones that you can break in half. Yeah, they're not plastic. They're like um. What are they made of? They're oh, like they make them from veggie, a, a whole different. Yeah, they can be like rice, plastic, cellulose, or yeah, all sorts of different things. Those sort of things. It's not one of those. Um, they're just like a hard tablet. Mm. But I definitely vouch for those. How much do you guys look into the quality of your supplements? Like where well, they're uh, coming from, what the capsule's made of, what sort of soil they're grown in? That was because that's be my a next rabbit question, hole, isn't it? Like, that's a big rabbit hole. Like, is, mate. like, don't take bad supplements. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, a huge business, isn't it? The yeah. vitamin, it's a huge mineral business. industry, and, and a lot of people cut corners and they put shit in them. Like they put yeah, fillers well, and additives <laughs> and largely unregulated. It's you know, largely you, unregulated. How do, you, how do you know what you're getting? You do have to be vigilant. I about just the quality, wonder how many people actually sort of read the label and try to look at the origin of like where their supplement is coming from, how it's made, what else is put in with it, like et cetera, et cetera. Because I think there can be definitely supplements that you can take which which can almost be more harm than good. And I reckon a really good example is uh, fish oil. Yeah, omega-3, yeah. Omega-3. So I think there's a good argument that a lot of people might take uh, omega-3 for its cardiovascular health. Um, You break it down, your EPA into DHAs. So EPA more for cardiovascular and then DHA more for sort of neurological brain health. But if you go to the supermarket and you're buying a $10 bottle of uh, or jar of, you know, omega-3, that oil's probably rancid. It's probably going to do you more harm Oxidized, than good. Oxidised, yeah. Oxidised, yep, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Whereas if you want to buy a good um, form of omega-3, you're probably going to pay 100 Aussie dollars for a, for a jar. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the jar needs to be dark so that the sunlight's not hitting it. Absolutely. Oxidising the oil um, inside. Has the fish oil been distilled under nitrogen so that it hasn't had contact with oxygen, so therefore it's not oxidised? Yeah. There's a whole um, rabbit hole that you can go down and then has it been um, purified and heavy metal tested? So you're going to get a fish that's really high in heavy metal. Like, it's just interesting that when you look at the quality of the supplements that yeah. you're taking, not not what you're taking – well, what you're taking is very important, but also um, – where it's come from. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, always, yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's, big one. It's interesting. Often the cost, you know, you, some of the times you look at these things, oh, the cost of this thing is is more expensive. But like you're saying, it's probably because they batch test and they get certification and they're getting quality ingredients. And obviously, as we all know, you, you're paying for quality, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, you get what you pay for. That's right. And you can't, you can't get around that. You can't get cheap products and then want organic, you know, batch tested, certified, all those kind of things for, for the cheap. So you need to probably, and, and not all the time, not all the time cost determines. Not, no, not always. No, that's true. How good something is, but I would definitely be suggesting looking into, yeah, where your ingredients are coming from, the quality, you know, are there tight manufacturing controls on those kind of things? I've seen some interesting videos, and I think maybe Smithy, you sent one about some of the supplements you took. You know, with a little uh, looks like iron filings that are oh, magnetic. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's this is a true story, and I'll tell this story very briefly. I saw this video going around on YouTube. My neighbour sent me, and I thought, oh, this is a conspiracy video. You know, and basically, what it was, a guy puts a um, a multivitamin uh, sort of tablet, not a capsule, but a tablet into water and dissolves it and then puts a magnet to it and there's all these metal filings in there, right? And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's, that's crap. My neighbour comes over a couple of days later and he shows me a vitamin D capsule which he bought from the supermarket, a cheap one. Um, he dissolves this thing in water and he puts a magnet up to it and there was so much metal in there, you've got no idea. It was bloody horrifying. I think oh, I yeah. sent it to you guys. Did on you? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. And I wouldn't believe it if I didn't actually see it with my own eyes, but I yeah. saw him bring over the... The, um, the jar of tablets, I saw him put it into the water. It was water from my tap into a glass jar and we put a magnet up to it and it was filled with iron shavings. It, it wow. looked, yeah, it looked, it's damning. I would not know. believe it if I hadn't seen it with no, my own eyes. Yeah. But they were quite significant in size too. It wasn't like one or two little specks. No. It was like hundreds of slithers of long shards of yeah. metal. It looked like, like a filing you know, if yep. you filed down some mm. metal and it was like, you know, the co coiled spring kind of shape. It, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Like, what does that do going through your intestinal tract? Yeah. Oh, oh that's in just poison, man. It's just yeah. toxicity, isn't it, yeah. into your body? So is that, is that the manufacturer being cheap and putting iron or whatever they're putting in it? Or is it part of the manufacturing process? It's on the plant floor. Pick up some, you know, who, who yeah. knows? Like, yeah. how, do they, how do you know? Like I said, it's unregulated. We can't really get... Mm. And that was a vitamin D mm. tablet. Yeah, wow. not I mean, not a multivitamin. Not even a multi or anything or, like that. Just, yeah, just some, vitamin something D. Something metallic yeah. in it. So, I mean, you can get vitamin D in drops or obviously free from the sun. Haven't there yeah. been some uh, like you know protein powders as well, certain protein powders that are found to have um, uh, heavy metals in them as well? Oh, I've got no doubt, yeah. yeah. I heard, yeah. Well, especially, somewhere. I mean, if you think about sort of where the – if you look at whey protein, where the cow's getting their – feed from if it's if it's grain or you know they're a feedlot cattle and you're getting whey protein from that that's going to be 
mm, no good. Yeah. You know, you want your grass-fed, grass-finished whey protein if you can get it, and that's going to cost you a bit more, but so be it, yeah. right? Yeah. Mickey, you've been a uh, – your diet um, protocol – do you require? We can't say, we can't say the V word. The vegan word. <laughs> do you do you require any certain um, supplements to to accompany that? Um, yeah. So I mean, obviously, the obvious one is is the vitamin B twelve, and ironically, as we, as we've explained before and discussed on here, particularly with our kids, we 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 really really we were really really conscious as you guys know we've now incorporated in a little bit of fish and eggs into into all the, all of our sort of daily eating regime weekly eating regime but uh, so we would have tested vitamin B12 every sort of 3 months we would all get our bloods done every every quarter um, and we would just see where that was at and interestingly my B12 has always been sort of relatively high and in and now in in terms of the measures that a ge, that, that a general practitioner would, general practitioner would assess, when I went to my naturopath and she looked at my B twelve results, she actually said that she uh, her preference would be that my B twelve was three times higher than what the than than what a GP the range that a GP would actually think is is healthy. So, you know, this, this conversation sort of goes back to that whole point we explored last week, that the ranges of, of health in those uh, results we can see in blood tests can sometimes be a little bit different when we then go to a naturopathic doctor or a naturopath. Uh, but B12 is one we've, we've had to keep a really close eye on. It's an interesting one, B12, isn't it? Because some people that follow a plant-based diet can maintain like really high levels of B12 and some really, really struggle even after supplementation. And it's obviously something yep. to do with your, your biochemistry and probably your, your, your microbiome and your, the flora that you've got in your gut and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's a fascinating one. Like some people almost get to the point where they really struggle to follow a plant-based diet just because of B12. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some people also struggle with metabolization of supplementation as well, Matty. Yeah. That seems to be a really, really big issue for people. Um, and, and it's not something I've dived headfirst into, but I know that, uh, well, actually, I think it was yourself, Matty, and, and you were mentioning earlier about the quality of, of supplementation. And I've, I've just written a point down while you were discussing that, guys. And, and it's that, you know, we, quite often, you know, and, and let's not shy away from the fact that globally at the moment, there's a lot of people under a lot of financial pressure. And so that's why we constantly revisit our, I think, one of our main mission statements, which is encouraging people to take care of their own health. And a lot of the things we've brought up continuously have been free. You know, there's things that these people people can do for themselves. But what I'd really encourage people to think about when they're looking at the cost of supplementation and something might be 50 or $60 more for, for a greater quality is what's the cost of poor health. Yep. Okay. Quite often, quite often we don't consider these things until we're in a position where our health, maybe even our lives are in real, real danger. And I think that that's something we're really passionate about. The four of us is, taking control of your health before it gets to a position where you're unhealthy. And so 
50 or $60 to get a better quality of supplement is, is, isn't a great expense comparatively what it'll cost you if, if you end up in, you know, in a, in a dire, you know, situation with, you know, any number of cancers, autoimmune diseases, or, or God knows what, what, what transcends. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to, to really explore those, those, you know, look into the quality of supplementation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point you make, mate, and we should really re-emphasise that, that there's a lot of people out there that can't afford supplementation, and you know, we're very fortunate that we can. But I guess if you are considering something, a generic supplementation, then I guess if you're going to spend a little bit of money on one, just make sure it's a real good one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I think I'd suggest maybe, I mean, you don't just want expensive urine, do you? You know, you want to go out and you want to, you want to supplement with a purpose. If you if you have high iron levels, you don't want to go out and supplement with iron. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think we, mm. we did talk about those medical tests and consulting a doctor, getting those medical tests done, and then if you have some deficiencies, then add those into your diet or then maybe supplement on top of that. Yeah, that's a great call, We talked mate. about... Yeah, I reckon that's so important, doing those... Medical tests first. Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk, I don't, we didn't talk too much about sort of gut microbiome testing and maybe some like an organic acid test where you are, you are finding specifically what is wrong, you know, or what you're deficient in and then getting a protocol from your functional medicine doctor to follow. I mean, supplement, supplementation is going to help accelerate that deficiency and get you back to sort of a normal level. But, you can you can probably do it with diet. I would I would have thought, but it's probably it's not shooting fish in a barrel. What's the other one? Sort of you know a needle in a haystack. If you're kind of if you oh, I, th- I feel like I need this supplementation, and you go out and take it, it's, it's probably not ideal. I would suggest using some of those blood tests we suggested last week. Um, and I know it, it's difficult to get a, a gut microbiome test. There are tests out there sort of for $500. You know, what is a healthy gut microbiome? Who who really knows? But some of these tests, you know, they do a complete microbiome mapping. You know, that measures some enzymes, you know, your fat, fat blood content in your stool. So you do, you know, mm. poop into a little jar. You know, they can tell you if you've got candida. Yep. You know, I've done one Helico, of those bad Helicobacteria, yeah. kind of stuff yep. with gastritis and ulcers and functional inf- fungal infections. Yep. So if, if, if that's your issue, some of those things, then you can't sort of your glucose regulation and, you know, those bacterial over- overgrowths can cause you to be out of whack. So it, it may be something like that that you need to get sort of tested and quantified to then get the right targeted supplementation. Yeah, it's it's a tough one as well because if you get those results back and, and what we're really looking for if you, you break that down into real simplistic terms is we want like microbial diversity. We want like as many different species of good bacteria in our gut as we can have, you know, and then we don't want to be overburdened with candida and you know, mm. parasites and stuff like that. But it, it's an interesting one because if you go and do that and I've done this and then you get the results back, it opens up another can of worms, which is there's some people that are say, oh yeah, you can you can fix that. Just take probiotics. Well, we're looking to have 
you know, hundreds or thousands of different strains of um, good bacteria in our gut, you know, one of these might deliver you like as little as one up to maybe 12 strains. Mm. But really the way to fix it is to have a good diet. Yeah. You want to have a good, rich uh, balance of like uh, raw foods, fermented foods, uh, prebiotic, probiotic type foods. You really fix it through diet. Mm. Um, but having said that, it's one that's well worth doing. So, you know, do you, in that situation, do you maybe pony up for some better food? Yeah. Start really looking at your diet. Like I think well, there's I mean, a lot of examples where supplements are really good and, and there's some supplements that I really love, but it all starts with diet. Yeah, and, like and Supplements like, are an addition to a good diet. Like Mickey was saying before, you know, you want to prioritize your health and make sure that you don't want to fall into bad health and then you've got to catch then up. It's cost, yeah, then, you, then it's costing you to catch up. So if you are prioritizing your health and saying, okay, well, I'm going to spend a little bit more money on Organic stuff, grass-fed, grass-finished meat, stuff from the farmer's market, you know, yep. stuff that you know has not been sprayed, those kind of things. Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but yep. in the long run, that's probably a better option. Well, the old saying, you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet or lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. If you don't take care of yourself yep. and you've got a shit diet, it doesn't matter how many supplements you take, Yeah, yeah, a lot of it's just going to be expensive piss, like you yeah, say. Like yeah. the, the, the foundation needs to be a really good diet. And then we want to top it off with some some targeted high quality supplements. Yeah, that, that's my two cents. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just going on to back to the magnesium, uh, and and I I haven't done any of those health tests, which I, I, I need to do uh, because I've just sort of gone by, I don't know, what I what I've sort of wanted to achieve health wise, and also just responding to a few things that are happening. In, in my health and, and in my body. You can do your own research, right? I'm yeah. not suggesting you need to do those things, but if you're saying I'm feeling this way and you do your research and you've looked into it and then you take those things and you feel better, then... Well, an example of that is magnesium. So I used yeah. to suffer uh, night cramps in my lower legs, my calves, and I, you'd wake up in the middle of the night just in excruciating pain with this calf muscle just like mm. seized up behind your kneecap. That's you know, the worst. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. just the you worst feeling. You don't want that. Uh, and so I just did, did my own research and, and had a look at magnesium. And since I've been on the magnesium, those night cramps have gone. But then looking at research, it says that there's no evidence to support any magnesium efficacy uh, with night cramps. cramps yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it seems to rubbish. have worked for me. Um, yeah. And then, then I wanted to know, uh, and Smitty, you might be a bit more across this, is that the types of... Um, combinations with uh, supplementations is important as well. So you'll often find that a mineral is accompanied with um, like a, a, a sort of like a, another compound which en enables its absorption or, or enhances its absorption. So you've got chalates and um, colates, uh, absorbic acids and stuff like that. So I remember you mentioned in our sleep episode that you took magnesium theonate Three and eight, yep. Three and eight, yep. yep. Um, and that was a good one to enhance sleep and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, mag three and eight uh, crosses the blood-brain barrier, yep. which other forms of magnesium don't seem to do. Uh, so that's one of my favourites. Unfortunately, it's probably the most expensive form of magnesium. Right. Um, but I, I do take it because I think it's, I think so it's worthwhile. Would that be considered the, um, the greatest absorptive magnesium? Because I'm just curious as to, am I wasting my money with the, the magnesium I'm taking that's got, you know, magnesium oxide, magnesium from magneto, magnesium amino acid chalates, 
magnesium from manganese amino acid chelates. You know. So my favourite forms of magnesium, because this is a big rabbit hole which I've been down, yeah. and different forms of magnesium will do different things and be absorbed in different ways. But I like uh, magnesium glycinate. Glycinate. Which I also take in combination with the 3 and 8. I've got that here actually. And, and, um, research, and yeah. magnesium malate. Yeah. Which is actually pretty hard to find the mag malate. There's not many companies that do it. Got ya. Um, but they'll all sort of be absorbed in different ways and do, I guess, slightly different things. Yeah. Um, but I, I prefer those as being pretty bioavailable bio and able to be absorbed. Mate, you're spot on because um, the research that I did showed that uh, magnesium glycinate being bound with glycine is the most absorbable yeah, form. Yes. Yeah. I, I think malate is right up there as well. Malate, yeah. Um, malate, you just don't come across. I had to search quite a bit to find a good form of mag malate that I was happy with. Yep. And I'll tell you one to avoid, and this is in general supplements, you know, everywhere, is uh, magnesium stearate. Okay. So magnesium stearate is like a manufacturing um, machinery lubricant almost. It sort of lubricates like machine presses. So a lot of supplements, and I'm not just talking about magnesium supplements, I'm talking about multivitamins, any kind of supplement that's made on any sort of machine press. It says mag stearate in it. I want to steer right away from that. Yeah, it's right. Not, uh, yeah. It's not a good one. It actually <laughs> makes like a bit of a, a bio sludge or a biofilm which will accumulate in your gut and actually inhibit absorption of um, essential light vitamins and nutrients. Wow. So cheaper supplements, you look at it, you look at your high-end your high, uh, your high end, um, supplement makers, you won't see mag stearate in any of their products because yeah. it's no good. And if you look at your cheap um, you know, grocery store piece of crap, vitamins they'll probably all have mag stearate in it it's not a magnesium that we uh, use for a function in our body it's actually a it's a byproduct of manufacturing and you want to avoid it and one of my rules for buying a supplement is it, it doesn't contain mag stearate Got ya. yeah so yeah, just, just a little uh little side excursion there yeah but magnesium is an interesting one and uh like mag oxide can be good for constipation and stuff like that if you take a lot of that it'll loosen yeah. you up more yeah there's different uses for different types but those ones i mentioned are my are my favorites yeah, um, thanks, Mike. Got I've actually got a, a funny story about Smitty and his magnesium uh, research. I don't know if you'll remember this, but a couple of years ago when, when we were working together, I was struggling with cramping and that sort of thing, and we were talking about the magnesium I was on, and he said to me, Mickey, I'm going to I'm gonna really help you out here. And he said, I'll bring something in tomorrow, and he said, I want you to try it. <laughs> and you'll have to you'll have to correct me here, Matty, if 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 I'm if I've got this incorrect. But at one point you got some different magnesium compounded, didn't you? Uh yeah, we used to get some from a compounding chemist. Yeah, yep. So Matty's um, gone home and he's come back to work with a little uh, sandwich bag full of this um, compounded magnesium for me, and he said, "This will obliterate any of the magnesium you've been taking. Go away and take it." So I was at work. And I took this magnesium, I took a scoop straight away, I took this magnesium, and within half an hour, <laughs> I had the sensation of needing to get to that, to get to a toilet very, very quickly. It had just gone straight through really? this magnesium. That quick? I'd taken double the amount, <laughs> double the amount I was supposed <laughs> to take. Uh, but yeah. it, it was so different in terms of the cramping I was getting, um like post-training and all of that sort of stuff, within a week and a half, I noticed a considerable difference in, in how my body was responding. And, and it, to me, it spoke volumes 
for that, again, that quality of supplementation. I've been taking this magnesium, you know, double dosing magnesium morning and night for years and years and years, but just having this different type. And I think it did. I think it had the, um, the glycinate, the theonate, and it might have even had ox, the um, magnesium oxide in it as well. I can't remember, Maddie, but it was, it was a completely different experience. And it was, you know, the same, still utilizing the magnesium supplement. Yeah, the great thing about magnesium is that really if you take too much of it, you're just going to get that uh, that toilet reflex. You're going to obviously know about it because you're going to start having loose stools. Um, Rue, just circling back to a question you mentioned before as well about if you can increase your absorption or something like that. You're saying if you can have other things. So, so choline citrate, if you take choline citrate in combination with magnesium, you can absorb more magnesium before you hit that sort of bowel tolerance. Okay. Um, so it'll actually help you um, uptake it and use it. Yep. So I went through a phase where I was also taking choline citrate with magnesium and um, yeah, okay. I think it's worthwhile. Do you know if um, choline citrate comes with a certain like combination of magnesium? I've never come across it. No, no. Never, never ever come across it. Um, doesn't seem to be out there too much in the mainstream. Like I'm sure you know, some people are aware of it, but because um, magnesium, Mickey, I reckon you're, you're spot on. Like I reckon it's one of the ones that there's very few supplements that I would say like, almost everyone should take and I'm not recommending people take it, but just in my opinion, I feel like magnesium is one of those universal ones that most people would benefit from. Yeah. 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 And you can't, I don't think you can say that about that many supplements, but yeah. I love, love magnesium. Could yeah. do a whole bloody podcast on magnesium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Thanks for that advice, mate. On the, uh, the mag glycinate, I'll, um, I, I'm due to up uh, my supply of magnesium. So yeah. And the glycinate is quite cheap. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Yep. Get a yep. good quality one, but still quite cheap. Yeah. Speaking of um, important, uh, subs. What about as blokes here, zinc? I don't know. How, is there a, a lot of importance? I mean, the research I did uh, with zinc before I started taking it, and I really started taking it, like hitting towards fifty. I, th- I thought in the back of my mind more to do with men's health, so like prostate health. Um, I don't know whether testosterone or I don't really need sperm quality uh, these days. Um, those days are over. But uh, also reading though that supplementation of zinc has no benefit for those without a zinc deficiency. So again, Jonesy, back to getting a test prior to spending your money on zinc, which I haven't done. I've foolishly just gone straight into getting a zinc supplement um, and which is quite a hard mineral as well. So I'm not quite sure how much that, uh, you know, um, builds or or proliferates inside in in the body. Um, Accumulates. Accumulates, that's the word I was looking for. But it does have definite benefits doesn't it um it, it can help with depression um you know men's health things um it can help with uh flu si- symptoms immunity is uh, a big one immunity yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh I, I read this um clinical trial here it said that there were 50 adults that um took a zinc lozenge with about 13 milligrams of zinc um or a placebo every two to three wakeful hours um of developing cold symptoms so just a general cold those that um compared to the placebo the placebo group, the zinc lozenger group, reduced duration of their cold by three days. So there was evidence to support that zinc um, impacts the duration of a cold, uh, but not the severity of the symptoms. Yeah. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, um, well, zinc fights uh, viral replication. So I mean, in the world of bloody COVID that we're living in, if you look at the studies for people that were supplemented with high-level zinc, yep. they had significantly better outcomes. Yeah, and, right. And, and from that, you know, colds and things like that, anything yep. that's viral in nature... Um, that zinc's going to help fight that. Because um, that was part of the old COVID 
protocol. Yeah, most of the good protocols have all got yeah. high, higher levels of zinc, zinc, vitamin zinc. D, yep. quercetin. Yeah. Yeah. In there. Yep. yep. That seemed to be a good one. Yep. Dare we say the I word? Ivermectin or horse dewormer? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not really a supplement, is it? No, no, that's no, that's not. a medication. It's so a medication. you have to get a prescription for that. Yes. So yes. let's not yeah. go there. Yeah. We've already been very explicit. Maddie's been potty mouth today and we're gonna have to put an E on the episode and uh most of the episodes have E's these days. You were talking yeah. about man made viruses, so uh, we're getting I'm just passionate. <laughs> I'm passionate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, sorry to distract. I think the evidence is out there, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty much support that it's a man made virus. Look, I think everyone's got an opinion on it. Yeah. And uh, I think all our listeners will, would either be for or against that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 who knows? I listened somewhere, just going off track here, but you know, the, um, the COVID, uh, the, the SARS-CoV-1 virus or the, uh, the first SARS virus yep. that we had, um, the new one, the SARS-CoV-2, which results in COVID, is the exact same viral uh, DNA makeup. In the new one, the SARS-CoV-2, there is a, a man-made juncture, or something's called a uh, cleavage, cleavage site, site uh, which does not occur naturally. Mm. So take that as you will. It's very compelling, isn't it? I've, I've heard all that stuff as well. Yeah. And if that's true, then it's it's irrefutable. But yeah. how do you prove and, it and as that, an average joke? That, what's it called again? The cleavage site. Cleavage yeah. site was, is implanted, you know, not naturally, but... To make it a more um, contagious virus, yeah, uh, uh, virus, mm. yeah. So interesting little side track. Take mm. that as you will, but yeah. yeah, back to supplementation. Zinc, mate, um, <laughs> is interesting for a number of reasons. Like you said, sort of men's health, um, sperm quality. Obviously, uh, immunity is a big one. I'll, I'll tell you one about zinc, which I really love, is that zinc um, is actually quite good to help you detox heavy metal. And, ah. and the reason why is that if you take uh, higher level zinc, it'll stimulate um, production of a substance called metallothionine, which irreversibly binds heavy metals and helps you excrete them from your body. Yeah, right. So one of the main things that you need to have to get your body to produce more metallothionine is good a le- good level of zinc. So we have all these sort of narrow-sided studies and, oh, yeah, once you get enough zinc, that's enough and whatever. I really think sometimes they're, they're like – a bit too narrow and we yep. look at all the broad things that it can possibly do yeah and if you have the right uh, comp- composition of amino acids and a few other things then then you, you can't you can start doing more of these extra functions that your body can do when you've got these sort of like peak levels of supplementation yeah so I, zinc and magnesium um like you guys beat me to it but they're probably two of my favorite ones for yeah uh sort of like wellness um and just just yeah being healthy yeah i read somewhere that the, a daily Dose of zinc as a preventative uh, measure is about five to ten milligrams a day. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that fits. Um, I mean, the the tablets I'm I've got of zinc total about forty eight milligrams, and I'm having one of those a day. So that seems quite excessive. If going by that preventative dose of five to ten is is accurate. Yeah, I mean, I, I take between thirty and fifty every yep. day. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got two brands that I take. One's fifty and one's thirty. Yeah, just depending on what I've got, I yep. take either one of those. Uh, I think the only thing with zinc, you got to watch your zinc copper ratio. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you can get that tested if you want. Uh, some zinc supplements come with a little bit of copper in them. Yeah. Um, I think the ratio is usually like twenty to one or something like that. Um, don't quote me on that. I have to have to relook at that. But yeah, yeah I think I think it's good and yeah. yeah. I'd say it'd be one of those minerals also that suffers from um, poor mineral quality of our food. 
Yeah. Yep. But I mean, what you get zinc from eggs. Eggs. I mean, really high is like shellfish and stuff like that. Okay. But I mean, where are you getting your shellfish from and are they full of heavy Mm. metal and are they good quality and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So again, it's a whole, it's a whole rabbit hole of, you know, what food you're eating, how high in it it is. Yep. Um, you know, if you're eating eggs, well, what are they feeding the chickens that make the eggs? Yep. Definitely. This was a supplement, guys, that came up in our biopsychology unit uh, last year, and they actually provided us with a 2011 study uh, where they analysed uh, a series of, well, they were, they were participants within the study, but they were also psychology patients who had low levels of zinc in their um, in their blood analysis, and low, people um, with low levels of zinc were found to be low in GABA levels in the brain. GABA being the gamma aminobutyric acid levels, and people who had low levels of GABA were more susceptible to increase in anxiety. They found, they were found to have greater levels of stress. Uh, they had greater levels of fear, greater levels of worry. And then when those same participants were then um, provided with um, a zinc supplementation, there was a a reduction of up to 80% in anxiety levels across all participants in the study. Wow. Wow. So for mental health, uh, you know, we've, we've covered sort of all varieties of health, you know, through our podcasts. But for mental health, this this particular supplement is absolutely massive. I think. Yeah, right. And because that um, supplement works well with the uh, the five HTP, the hydroxytryptophan, which Smitty recommended at, at, on our sleep um, podcast, because that's a precursor to serotonin, um, which can then also help with um, you know things like anxiety and, and mood regulation as well. So, I've only just uh, ordered my hydroxytryptophan. Uh, so thanks, Smitty, for that. And I'm really keen to give it a go to see how that uh, influences my sleep uh, so that I'm not relying on the, the pure melatonin, mm. uh, which I was taking, which had those side effects that we mentioned in the sleep the sleep podcast. I think I've cursed myself with that sleep. I haven't slept well since the sleep <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to need a supplement, I think. Man, yeah. I, I reckon my, I've done the opposite. Since that sleep podcast, I've been sleeping really well because I've, I've been practicing all these behaviors that we talked about so yeah. getting up and seeing the sun and, yeah, and right. seeing the sun set I've done setting that, sky yeah. but i've also done and we mentioned uh, our mate uh, from work that we know uh, who invested in those little nasal uh, oh, clips yeah. called mute yeah and uh, i've in, i've tried those out and so i'm up to my sixth or seventh night on them and it's like a little clip that goes into your nostrils <laughs> And it naturally opens itself. I wish the listeners could see that. Naturally opens itself up inside your nose and creates an open air passage. And man, so I you have just get them from the chemist. Yeah, yeah and okay. seventeen bucks gives you a trial pack, and so that, oh, yeah. that in that trial pack are three different sizes: large, medium, and um, small. And look at the size of my peak. I've gone straight to low, large. large. Um, it's quite a spongy sort of looking nose. It's been broken a couple of times, but. Um, I reckon there's some deviated septum in there and a bit of sinus issues and polyps and stuff. But this thing opens up your nasal passages and it just creates a clear airway through your nose. And I've found my sleep, since I've been wearing them, has been so much better. Mm, I'm going to get some of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Mate, for 17 bucks at the chemist, over the counter. Uh, And then once you know your size, then you go back and you get um, a packet of, uh, I think it's a pack of three that you get and it's 30 bucks for three but each one is supposed to last 10 days 
they do disintegrate, not disintegrate, but their integrity does um, yeah. uh, diminish plastic. the more you use them. They are plastic. plastic. Your nose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but there's no free lunch, is there? Because the no, alternative is know. those stickers. And then you sort of got adhesive on your nose, and they're made of some sort of plasticky yeah. compound as well. And yeah, yeah you so can't win. Yeah. Can't win. No. Yeah, but you know, for those that are suffering with sleep, give yeah. it a go at least. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, Mickey, I'm super interested in uh, your comments around zinc and. Um, mental health and there seems to be like a small but growing movement now of uh, psychologists and psychiatrists who are looking more and more into uh, like nutrient deficiencies and like heavy metal overload and parasitic stuff and it's um, interplay with like mental health and it seems to be like a growing area and it seems to make a lot of sense like if your if your brain or your body doesn't have all the um, ingredients that it needs to obviously make healthy levels of neurotransmitters and things like that seems to be that that could be like a like a pretty big cause of uh, mental health. Of you, you, do you sort of subscribe to that on some level? Hundred percent. I think this whole gut brain interaction and and the the study and and greater community awareness in the last decade ha- has really started to gather steam, Matty. Uh, I think that you know I'll call it old psychology. Probably you know the the generation prior to that. Uh, really focused more on uh, diagnosis, uh, direction through, pharm- you know, redirection of health through pharmaceuticals and, and that was the way forward, that was the way back to health. And I think that, uh, I think more and more, uh, you know, people immersed in new psychology uh, are more conscious of this more holistic approach to health. Uh, to exploring, you know, all of the things we've spoken about, nutrition, uh, exercise, supplementation, uh, all of these things, you know, looking at health in that more holistic frame uh, rather than just simply um, making, a, you know, a, a diagnosis based on symptomology. You know, we're really dissecting someone's health now and going, right, you know, this is the origin uh, that could be potential impacted by X, Y, and Z. Um, if we make, you know, micro improvements there, then we might not need to put someone on, on these, you know, quite harsh pharmaceuticals sometimes. Um, so yeah, I I think it's getting, I just, I just feel that people are waking up to the fact that they can actually have a really positive impact on their own health. And I I think that the more that we can, you know, direct conversation in that way, uh, I, I think it's good for humanity. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's um, wouldn't it be good if in our health system now, like you can go to the doctor now if you're sick and they'll prescribe you a pharmaceutical, which they'll happily prescribe you for the rest of your life. Wouldn't it be amazing if we lived in a health system that valued wellness and you could go to your doctor and get some blood tests, like we spoke about last week, to identify some deficiencies, and they would prescribe you some vitamins to stop you getting sick. Imagine a world like that. The 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 financial impact and the the reduction in burden on our uh, healthcare system would be amazing. Like, oh. yeah, but then you'd get people living too long, Smitty, and you can't have that. Can't have people being well and happy no. and uh, overpopulating living, the world, living uh, you know really really great fulfilled lives. Yeah, and then the, there'd be no money in the whole medical ah. pharmaceutical system. Ah. Sounds really cynical, doesn't it? But it I does. mean, it's um. Yeah. yeah, but um, Emiki, is there much uh, study in the way of toxic toxicology um, in regards to mental health? You know, like what sort of toxins are, are creating sort of s- certain 
mental health conditions and stuff like that? Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, look, it's it's a couple of years ago now for me, but my biopsychology unit was was like a bloody <laughs> the six months was like a bloody uh, medical degree, uh, and mm. it, it was you know for me it was it was it was learning very fast. It was um, it was stuff that that to be honest, at that point in time, I had had an awareness of, but I hadn't sort of deep dived into, but. Certainly, I think uh, you know the 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 impacts of toxins that are in. You know, Maddie touched on it briefly earlier. The impact of you know chemicals and toxins, and you know we're becoming more conscious now of things like plastics and uh, things in our water. Uh, you know, and and making sure we're drinking quality water sources. Um, you know, people's diets in terms of the amount of heavy metals. You know, all of these things have an impact on the way that the body stays in homeostasis. And so I think a lot of the supplementation we've touched on today is is beneficial in terms of uh, elevating health, but it's also, you know, we've touched on some supplements today which also can absorb things like heavy metals and then eradicate them out of the body, which is really important. Yeah, and that I'd love to do a podcast on those because I have just gone a yeah. little bit, uh, well, not crazy, but just really interested in uh, noticing all the uh, chemicals and those toxins that are in our everyday goods. So like toothpaste, um, deodorants, shampoos, uh, soaps and all that sort of stuff. I'd love to just do a, a discussion on that. And I've just got to the point of organ- um, buying some fluoride-free toothpaste and um, I, I did the, the tap water test um, that you mentioned, Jonesy. Oh, yeah. uh, I think we might have discussed this when uh, on our Presidents of the World one when Mickey recommended everyone just like drink water and we talked about the quality of water and, and you said that um, – oh, I was Smitty that said yeah. that one uh, – and you mentioned, Jonesy, that you tested your – uh, tap water with yep. your um, uh, your pool chlorine tablets. Yeah. So I went home and did the same, and there my tap water appeared up red with the chlorine uh, tablets, like my pool water. Like high? Yeah, very, yeah. quite high. Uh, Not but, even low. But my filtered, because we have a f- uh, filtered water jug, yeah. uh, which we have to replace the filter quite often, that had nothing in it. Yeah. So Great. I was so happy that awesome. um, at least my, my family, my kids aren't consuming chlorine. Yep. In their drinking water. Yeah. I was, that really blew me away. It's crazy, hey? Yeah. yeah. And then I you got, what made me think to you do got that, fluoride but. in there as well, which obviously the, the, the chlorine tester doesn't test for, but you got fluoride in that water. God knows what else, what else is in there. Mm-hmm. One, the one I wanted to talk about was vitamin D. I wanted to ask you guys about vitamin D and chat about that one. I thought that's a fairly big one, especially with the COVID pandemic was yeah. one of the ones that, you can type into PubMed, wherever you get your studies from. There's there's a lot of studies, evidence regarding vitamin D and the risk of severity of COVID. Sort of having low levels of vitamin D was very correlative to having severe outcomes of COVID. We've just sort of come out of our winter and I would think maybe where we are located throughout our summertime, we're going to get enough vitamin D to carry us through the winter time. It's, it's probably ramping up again now. Get some good vitamin D levels, but 
I think supplementing with a bit of vitamin D in those climates that you don't get a lot of sun, especially throughout the sum, summer months and then winter, and not just COVID, obviously, but it's 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 very good. It's a broad based. It's a yes. broad based yeah. vitamin, isn't it? Yeah. It looks after a lot of things: immunity, uh, mental well being. Thanks for thanks for jumping in there. You yeah, saved but me. Uh, yeah, it, it just made me think though. Is it is it worth maybe supplementing with vitamin D just in winter? Yeah, I, I mean, I, in a, in I a think climate like ours yeah. in summertime, there's plenty of sun around. You're getting absorbing plenty of vitamin D. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. You would if if it's doing if having low vitamin D is causing you to get severe COVID illness. I would assume that. Vitamin D would help with all kinds of viral infections, colds, flus, etc. So if your vitamin D is low, I would assume, and I could probably type that into PubMed and find that out too, but um, that seems to be a good one to supplement with. Yeah. Well, in our Another last you episode that we talked about, those health tests, vitamin D was one of the mm. top five yeah. tests to get, wasn't it? Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin D deficiency, Jonesy, is actually one of the leading cause, causes of osteoporosis. So, you know, particularly, I think this is an important one because as a, you know, globally, what we're experiencing at the moment is a trend towards an older age demographic and bone health in particular and osteoporosis, you know, fractures of bones, loss of bone density and things like that is something that becomes increasingly important as we get older. So that 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 supplementation, uh, if if as we get older we're spending less time in the sun, I think is really really important. What about um, what about for the uh, the bodybuilders out there or the the muscle gainers out there? I mean, what supplements do you take, Jonesy, with regards? Because you exercise a fair bit. I don't I don't do anything anymore. No, no, no. I <laughs> I talked about creatine previously. And hair loss, and I just have stopped taking that one. Yeah, it's, it's the conjecture's out on that though, isn't it? Uh, there's no direct link between creatine and hair loss, but it's, it's, it's said more that the increase of dihydrotest yeah, testosterone, which potentially, potentially then leads to hair loss. Yep, yep. But I just, in the end, I found it was doing more harm than good. Oh, just really? in general, everything. Well, not harm, but. I was taking a few supplements there, especially sort of during that COVID time. I was taking a vitamin D, a quercetin, um, glutathione, um, and NAC. So I was getting severe reflux. I now I I think it was from too many supplements, possibly, and maybe creatine was reacting with some of them because I know there's even. Um, Evidence to show it even mixes badly with coffee, so you don't. Oh, right. You're not supposed to have um, your creatine straight after your coffee. Yeah. I often mixed it in my coffee. There <laughs> 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 you go. But mate, yeah. I've given away like protein shakes and stuff like that. Oh, I haven't um, had whey protein for years. Whey, yeah. I prefer to get my protein from food. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only other sort of muscle maintenance things I take, I definitely take creatine. I'm a big believer of that. Yeah. And my essential amino acids. It's working for your hairline, so. Yeah, well, I'm not losing hair. Well, yeah. not that I can really. Well, yeah, it is a little, going pretty little, well, but I think that's just age. Yeah. But um, my creatine is uh, I, I I rate it. Um, and the combination with the essential aminos, uh, I've got 
limitless energy. Yeah. Uh, my, my workouts, I'm still, you know, at 50, still pushing pretty strenuous workouts yeah. out. Um, and I put that down to to those subs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got a bag of creatine at home. Four kilos worth you can have. <laughs> Four kilos. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. So That's the recommended dose is about three to five grams a day. Yeah. Uh, which is made like... It's all about preloading too, don't they? You know, for the first week, you have 20 grams or something, isn't it? Yeah, you can do that. Or just build it up over time at yeah. it on a small dosage a day. But definitely uh, increasing strength and power uh, during exercise is a benefit of it. Yeah. Um, increase the lean muscle mass um, when used in conjunction with resistance training is a benefit of it. I definitely found using it that... During my fasted period, because I like to do a fasted workout in the morning, if I was feeling a bit low on energy, I would have some creatine and it would give it like a bit of an energy boost. Yeah. I do try to take it with food though. I have it, I don't have it on an empty stomach. Oh, right. I try to have have it with my, you know, pre-workout meal. Yeah. Um, And if I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll try to have it with something in my stomach. They reckon there's is there any a lot reason for that, or is it? No, I just didn't want it to be uh, an upsetting sitting in there, sitting in there sort of thing. And um, I, I have it in a powder form as well, so yeah. I, I make sure it's well diluted in my water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely and there's a few myths surrounding it as well. Um, you know, definitely not associated with cancer. There's no evidence to support that. Um, it does not increase your testosterone levels. Uh, that's a, a common myth associated with creatine. But also, the kidneys is a big one. Um, People sort of th- have this conception that too m- or regular creatine usage can be a, have a detrimental effect on your kidneys, but most of the evidence supports uh, if you do have an existing kidney condition, then that's when creatine can be a problem. But even then, it can still be okay. You just need to really manage and be aware of your doses. Mm. Um, healthy kidneys, uh, long-term creatine use is safe. Um, the kidneys create um, creatinine, which is a byproduct of creatine. And so if your kidneys aren't working as well, going back to our health tests, you can get tested for creatinine. And if you have a high, high levels of creatinine, uh, then that's obviously indicating some poor kidney function, which you then might need to reassess your usage of creatine. But other than that, um, there's, a, there's a lot more benefits to it. And, um, yeah, obviously not saying that you should take it, but that's just one thing that's worked for me. Do you reckon, uh, do you cycle it, Roo? I do. Yeah, I think yeah. it's quite important to cycle creatine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, and I'll, mate, they'll just be when I'm in between uh, exercise programs, when I'm having a break, yep. I'll just have a break from it. Or if we go on holidays, um, I'll just leave the creatine at home. Um, mm. But um, definitely keep my essential aminos up. The essential aminos are just those nine essential amino acids that your body Beautiful. can't produce uh and so you need to ingest either with food or with supplementation um so the ones that i take um i get eight out of my nine essential aminos uh and they're all free form which means they're not um bound with anything so they're not competing with other nutrients to be absorbed so i'm getting a good um and and the list of those is like you got l-histidine uh l-isoleucine l-lysine um Metho, methothionine, metho, methothionine, that's the one. I often get stuck on these. And here's a big one. Phenylalanine. And threonine. And a lot of those have, uh, you know, growth and repair of damaged cells, um, 
you know, increasing protein utilisation and fatty acid met- metabolism, increasing glucose transportation, increasing immune system effectiveness. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of benefits that each of those little um, amino acids have. Um, you know, production of neurotransmitters, neuroprotein. Here we go again. Norepinephrine? Noradrenaline. We're in Australia, mate. Yeah, so that was one that I've taken and I'm a big believer on. Mate, I reckon that is a much better way of doing it than taking either like branch chain aminos or just taking like a whey protein isolate. I think like essential aminos is where it's at because they're the building blocks for everything, right? Like it's not just a bodybuilding thing. You know, everything in your body, you know, most of our bodily structures in terms of our cellular stuff is, is made of like, you know, proteins, amino acids. Yeah. Like, yeah, get your essential aminos. We need them. That's why they're essential because we can't make them. Yep. You know, we've got heaps of other amino acids in our body, which we can make, but we can't make those nine. So yeah. I think that's solid. And I think uh, I think Ben Greenfield's a big uh, believer in that. And, yeah. Um, yeah I, I tend to agree with him on that. Maybe that's where I got it from, mate, because I've yeah. been taking those for a lot of years now. Um, and yeah. it, it seems to be... You know, keeping me in, in good shape. And it's just going to ensure you don't have a deficiency. Like maybe your diet covers seven out of the nine of them really well, but maybe there's two you don't and you really do need them. They're, they're yeah. essential. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's solid if you're going to take protein. Yeah. Yep. Mick, do you take any um, like muscle maintenance or muscle development or anything like that for your training? No, I was the same as Jonesy, mate. I, uh, I took the creatine before and then I sort of came off it. Uh, it's one that I'm sort of looking into at the moment. Uh, funnily enough, those amino acids, um, the chain of amino acids are, are something that I'm I'm looking into again at the moment as well. Uh, it's just about finding, finding, I guess, a quality one. Uh, so that's going to take a bit of time. Yeah, mate, I can send you the one that I take. It's, um, it's all... Uh it's all vegan um, and uh, uh, organic, um, all that yeah. sort of, um, yeah, with no no sort of added additives to them or anything like that. So uh, I can flick you the details of that one that I take. I just get that from iHerb. And it's That'd not be ex- awesome, mate. It's not, ex- not expensive. That'd be awesome. Hmm. Very good. Any others? Any closing Remarks? I've got, I got a couple, but I'll let you oh, guys yeah. go first. No, you go for it, mate. I'm all good, yeah. Uh, I love psyllium husks. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so psyllium's good for a range of reasons. So it's a source of um, soluble fibre. So a lot of people's diet can be uh, deficient in fibre, so it can be good from that uh, angle and just good from uh, like keeping you regular. Um, but I, I like it because uh, it also binds um, sort of fat and helps you excrete it. So, so psyllium can decrease your cholesterol level by 20 to 30%. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just really good. Do uh, you want that? Well, not necessarily, but say, for example, uh, you had high cholesterol. I'd certainly try psyllium before I tried statin. Yeah. And I think the efficacy can be similar. Uh, but fiber is really important, um, and it's also going to sort of feed uh, some of the microbiome in our, in our body. It's going to keep us quite regular. Uh, there's also an argument that it might bind uh, some toxins and things like that. Um, and I think cholesterol is like anything else. Like you've got your, your your healthy level. I don't think we need like more than what's healthy. Uh, and I eat a, a very high fat diet. So I, I actually have noticed in my regular uh, cholesterol tests that when I am, uh, I have been consistently taking psyllium husks for a few months leading up. 
um, my cholesterol will legitimately be like one or two whole points lower um, than what it is. So I'm definitely not worried that I don't get enough good fats. Um, I'm not worried about having high cholesterol, but I, I don't think it's uh, detrimental if it's not super high either. So I, I just think overall it's a massively inexpensive supplement. Like I buy a five kilo uh, bag of organic psyllium, which would probably last me like... That's a lot of regularity. Oh man, like I, so a tablespoon a day in water. Yeah. I, just, I just eat it. Uh, you can buy capsules and stuff like that, which contain psyllium and they're really expensive, but I just buy organic psyllium husks. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I get like a big spoon of it and I eat it and I wash it down with heaps of water and you yeah. get stuck in your gums and in your teeth and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's really good and it's super, super cheap. Like, I mean, it probably cost me like a couple of cents a day mm. to have it. Yeah, right. And I guess um, anyone could chuck them into a, a, a smoothie or chuck a, it into a smoothie, um, chuck it into your food, sprinkle yeah. it on your food, yep. you know, whatever you want to do. So yeah. there's a, a range of ways to do it. I just do it with a bit of water because that's the way I've always done it and yep. I'm, I'm used to it now. It sort of grossed me out a bit for the first sort of little while, but um, it's something that I, it's just, Know, part of a routine now, yeah. uh, which is and I guess something good. keeping your regulars, reducing inflammation as well in your whole um, colon and yeah, I think fiber is really important for, for yep. gut health. Uh, yep. You know, yeah, like you say, health of your intestinal tract and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, especially sometimes if you have, have a high fat diet, um, sometimes fiber can be a little bit harder to get. Yeah. Um, and and uh, tons of people don't meet their RDI for fiber, like tons and tons. Psyllium yep. is essentially all fiber, so yeah, one or two tablespoons of that a day. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna feed your microbiome. It's a bit of a sort of a prebiotic type thing. Um, it's gonna give you a good clean out, and if it binds a bit of excess fat on the way out in terms of cholesterol and stuff like that, I think that can uh, potentially be beneficial. Yeah, and it's just so bloody cheap. I don't see any reason. Yeah, uh, not to. I don't think there's there's too much of a downside to it. So that's one I like because it's cheap and it's natural. Yeah. Um, and my other one is uh, sprouting uh, broccoli seeds. Oh yeah, you mentioned this one in um, one of our earlier podcasts. Yeah, yeah, love it. Full yeah. of uh, sulforaphane, which is really important uh, detox molecule, which will stimulate our NRF two pathway, which is a protective pathway, which will upregulate uh, glutathione and things like that. Uh, I just take that in preference to taking actual glutathione because um, it's cheap and it's natural. Yeah. So and broccoli sprouts are really tasty. So again, I buy a bag of organic broccoli seeds, uh, put them in a mason jar. Um, with a lid which is like a little sort of uh, mesh sieve thing on top which lets the water out. Yeah. So you moisten them a couple of times a day. Um, within uh, sort of three or four days, they're starting to sprout and they're ready to eat in sort of like five to seven. Um, so we're we talking about things you know, like um, alfalfa sprouts. Are they sort of like that? They're exactly like that. Right. Uh, they look extremely similar. Are they more nutrient-dense than alfalfa sprouts? Uh, they just got tons of sulforaphane, which right. is this thing you get from uh, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and stuff. Okay. But uh, you can take a sulforaphane supplement, super expensive, like, like maybe 100 bucks for a jar, or I can buy like 10 bucks worth of organic broccoli sprouts, which will last me for ages, and I'm actually eating a natural plant-based uh, product, which is also full of sulforaphane. How, how, um, do you, how do you say that that word? Sulforaphane? Because you know I'm not really big, big on these science words. <laughs> Sulf, S-U-L-F. So it's a, you know, sulfur-based, like a lot of our detox stuff is, is, is sulfur-based, so sulforaphane. Um, there's some really interesting stuff on it. I actually came across sulforaphane a few years ago, um, again from Rhonda Patrick doing a podcast with Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's just really good for... for detoxifying if you uh you know have some toxic exposure yeah um 
sulforaphane will yeah stimulate um, those pathways and, and really help with that. Okay. And it's just so inexpensive. Like I'm a really big fan of um, inexpensive uh, sort of like food-based supplementation as much as I can be. Yeah. Um, magnesium and zinc being probably a couple that we spoke about, which which um, which I do think are worth supplementing with, along with fish oil. But um, yeah, I I think it's super worthwhile, super cheap. Um, it's a food. Yeah. It's real tasty. So really those nice. two you've just mentioned are more more like foods as opposed to yeah. Um, yeah. pills or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And do you do you supplement with fish oil? Uh, I do. I, I went for a while. I was eating tons of um, tons and tons of uh, tinned mackerel because yep. it's really high in um, EPA and DHA. Yeah. And I worked out that if I had a tin of mackerel every single day, uh, I could get like um, something like a thousand milligrams of my omega threes, which was sufficient for me. Yeah. Uh, then bloody COVID hit, and the brand of uh, mackerel that I liked, I couldn't get for ages. Oh, okay. and it hasn't actually hasn't actually uh, come back yet. So it must be a worldwide mackerel shortage. Or does something. sardines <laughs> provide the same as mackerel? Uh, mackerel was slightly higher, but sardines are real good as well. Yeah, right. Uh, and I like my tin sardines. Uh, yeah. I, I find them uh, quite tasty, and the advantage of those is like with your small fish, so. Um, Sardines, mackerel, anchovies, uh, they're not very high in uh, mercury, which is the downside of um, fish. Got yeah. But I'm back to taking my expensive um, omega-3 supplement at the moment. Yeah. Um, just because just I've literally had supply issues with getting my... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> getting my preferred brands of... Um, of mackerel. Mackerel and sardines. And are they just flat out raw um, mackerel? Or are yeah, they, I love them. Yeah, they they're, in, uh, they're in oil. They're in olive oil. Yeah, yeah, nice. So tons of them are in bloody seed oils and they do all sorts of trickery and some of them say... With olive oil, but then you look at the ingredients and it's like 5% olive oil and 95% bloody, you know, some sort of shit oil. Yeah, right. But there are a few brands that are just 100% um, olive oil yep. or you can get them in spring water. I, I prefer the olive oil ones. Yeah. Uh, but that's the main reason that I stopped is because all the crappy brands that I didn't like with the seed oils in were still available. And my good one that I liked that had um, the olive oil, I couldn't get it. So, yeah, right. so I stopped. Mm. And I'm back on the back on the um, supplement. Does mackerel have the uh, the, a breath, uh, the the breath effects as well, like sardines? Oh, do? it would do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, my I know runs a mile when I'm on yeah. the mackerel. When you crack open a can <laughs> of sardines, people start running. Oh yeah, mm. and yeah, the don't want to give you a kiss. It's not a social fish. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, yeah. Now, no, good, good suggestions there, mate. I'll um, not too bad. I'll have a look at that. Uh, so, so, so if you're a phrase. Sulforaphase. Sulforaphane. Yep. Sulforaphane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all right. Mm. Anything else, Mick, that you sup with? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything off there, mate. Yeah. I've got most supplements under the sun. Yeah. Well, I guess um, you know, any uh, supplementation discussions worth a disclaimer. You know, we're not medically qualified or anything like that, are we, to, no, to offer medical not. advice? These are just things that have worked for us, as pretty much every discussion we have is mm. things that have worked for us as blokes interested in health and well-being and fitness. Based on some quantification, yeah. I guess. Go to the doctor. Exactly. Get some uh, get some medical tests done. If you're, if you're lacking in something, it might yep. be worth supplementing with. Tell him to prescribe you some vitamins. Mm. See what he says. Yeah. Or she. Yeah. He or she. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, this researching is a part of. Okay, I think as a part of that disclaimer, Roo, I think one thing that we've always been pretty upfront about is people who are going to most connect with our podcast are people who are looking for alternatives that they can help themselves. You know, they're not looking to treat you know potential um, symptoms they might have. Uh, would you say in, in the normal way, uh, which is you know go into your doctor 
you know, you might have some reflux or, or something like that and, and just get put on, on some sort of pharmaceutical. All of the suggestions in general I think that we're going to come up with are going to be, you know, almost free or, or relatively as inexpensive as possible for people to uh, to take some self-responsibility and, and look to enhance their own health. And yes. I think that's, you know, yeah. important for us to acknowledge as well. Definitely, mate. And the, and the information is at your fingertips. You just need to do some research, sit down, have a look at some stuff, try to find, not not the first thing that pops up on Google, but just try to find some reputable... <coughs> Dr. Go. Yeah. <laughs> or anything on Brave. Brave's a good uh, search engine. Um, but any reputable uh, research done or any papers. I mean, Jonesy, you mentioned um, uh, a site earlier. PubMed. PubMed. Um, anything that, I mean... Just do your own research. And look, doing the research on these SUPs here really reinforced the fact to me, our last discussion in our last episode about the health testing, I really need to go and do that because I could be wasting my money on these SUPs. Now, I could have ample um, uh, amounts of magnesium. I could have ample amounts of zinc and I'm just wasting my money on buying these SUPs and I don't really need them. So definitely worth doing even just one or two of those those tests that we mentioned last week. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And we, we can't... Um, Neglect the fact that just eating right, you mm-hmm. know, if you can't provide or, or get supplementation mm. in the form of tablets or whatever, just eating a good diet, like you said before, Smitty, you know, you can get a lot of the nutrients and minerals that we need from, from a good, healthy diet. Yep. And on that note, it's a good note to finish on. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, modernancestralman at gmail.com, flick us a message. Yeah. Always like to hear from listeners. On that note, see you later, fellas. Right on. See you later. See you, boys. Enjoy the weekend. See you, mate. Thanks, Chance. Bye now. See you, boys. See ya.